Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Here's the bench. My joy that is! In the left field! Hit number 3,000! A runner scores! Filthy in the round first! On his way to second with a double! The first man since Paul Wiener in 1942. Sam Newfield has just gotten his 3,000 hits. We have such a great history of broadcasting names in St. Louis. John Kelly is the voice of the blues. His brother Dan did the blues. His dad, Dan, did the blues. Of course, Jack Buck and Joe Buck and Julie Buck is still broadcasting here in St. Louis. And that was the voice of Harry Carey and his son, Skip Carey, broadcast here in St. Louis. And Harry's grandson, Skip's son, Chip Carey is the new TV voice of the Cardinals. I'm Bally Sports and is with us in studio here on 101 ESPN. Chip, it is great to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Good to have you uh, back home in St. Louis. <laughs> it's great to be here, Randy, and there will be a test on the family lineage after the show. Okay, Make sure we get all the names right. It's kind of confusing even for us. And by the way, you told me during the break, you've got twin daughters that are continuing the tradition, twin right? Sons, yeah, twin yeah, sons, yeah. Twin sons, yeah. yeah. No, I have an older yeah, daughter and older twin daughter, sons. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. And one of them is Harry Carey IV, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're great kids. Stefan and Chris Carey, they're the voices of the uh, beloved Amarillo Sod Poodles of the uh, AA Texas League. That's an Arizona affiliate. They're doing their second season this year. They're really, really good. And I'm just hoping to stick around long enough to maybe get them up to the show someday. Amazing. That's pretty awesome. When you hear your, your grandfather in that introduction when we came back, does that still, I mean, for us, you know, knowing his legacy and his history, how does that make you feel knowing that you are, you know, here now doing what he's done? It's really terrifying to see your future. Um, oh, it's great. Look, I, people who know our family history, Kerry, knew that I didn't know Harry very well. Mm. Uh, my grandparents were divorced. My parents were divorced. And I didn't really get to know him until I was an adult and in the business myself. Once that happened, it was great. We were supposed to work together in mm. Chicago. He passed away uh, around this time in 1998. And so he and I didn't get a chance to reconnect and, and fill in those family gaps right. that were missing. Harry grew up orf an orphan in here in St. Louis, uh, penniless, didn't go to college, just made his way through hard work and grit and determination and ended up being a beloved figure in the Cardinals organization. But to your point, yeah, those, those things are great. Those memories are awesome because those of us who grew up in St. Louis love the team, mm -hmm. understand what Cardinal culture is about, and hearing him have such joy and excitement – Heck, if you're not excited behind the mic, the fans can't be, and he was certainly mm -hmm. great at providing that. And you've done a great job with multiple teams. You were with the Cubs. You were with the Braves. Who was your first team in majors? Uh, my first team was the Braves in Braves. 1991. Okay. I did uh, two years. I'd like to say I got their 14-division <laughs> championship when I started. I uh, was there for a couple years. Then I went to Seattle and got to work with okay. Lou Pinnell and Dave Niehaus, the Hall of Fame voice of the Mariners, for three years. 
uh, did some national stuff with Fox, and then uh, was hired to work with my grandfather in Chicago. He passed away, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, uh, in a blink of an eye, I had to sit in his chair behind his mic mm-hmm. with his partner, his team, a team that in 98 went on and won the wild card, was with the Cubs for seven years, and then left Chicago to go to Atlanta and be with my dad. And the, the reason that I, I bring this up is because when we're around a team, we develop a an emotional bond, right, mm-hmm. w- with the franchise. But you also grew up as a Cardinal fan. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to believe that of all of the the starts of broadcasting stints that you've had, this one's probably different. It is. Uh, when I was with the Cubs, one of my dearest friends was Ron Santo. We tormented that poor man to death. And he loved every minute of it. And he would give me grief all the time. He'd point to his shirt and say, blue, not red, blue, not red, because he knew I was from St. Louis and how much affinity I had for the franchise. But to your point, Randy, yes. Um, one of my favorite moments as a broadcaster, as a visiting broadcaster, was the night that Mark McGuire uh, broke Roger Maris's record. Jack Buck and Joe Buck were in the Cardinals booth on Camo X, and we were doing the game on WGN. McGuire hits the home run. Jack makes his call. Please let me stand and applaud. And as he's applauding, tears are streaming down his face. I still get goosebumps thinking about that. Here's a man who's done everything you can do in the business, but he's a part of this moment that's going to live forever, not just in Cardinal history, but baseball history. He knew Roger Maris. He knew what that meant to the game, and he was still passionate and excited about it. And if you can't respond to that, or get that as a Cardinal fan or, heck, even a Cub fan at the time, man, you're, you're really missing out. By the way, and this is just a, a fun thing that I do because we're in St. Louis and we're Cardinal fans, but you you opened the door. I'm an attorney. You opened the door. The Brant Brown drop is one of the all-time great oh. Ron Santo calls yeah. ever, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no. Um, you know, I screwed up the call. I'm watching the ball, and I, I, I see two guys score, and I said, two-run score, Steve Stone says, no, three score, the game's over. And I'm, I was in shock just like everybody else, right? But, but to your point um, – There are many different ways to broadcast a game, right? Mm. We are conduits to the fans. And I think people forget sometimes we're fans too. And we get excited. We goof up. We have fun. We get morose and sad, just like the manager, the players, and the staff. Unfortunately, we have no control over it. But to your point about Ronnie, that's what made him so special to Cubs fans. He lived and died with everything that happened, and so much so that we said, Ronnie, you know you're still not playing. He thought he was a coach and still in the lineup. It drove him that crazy. He was banging tables. His toupee was flopping around. It was awful. It was really hard. Hey Chip, you, you spent nearly 20 years in Atlanta, and, and obviously the opportunity to come home to St. Louis was a great opportunity, a, a big opportunity, but I'm sure there were relationships and feelings that you had leaving Atlanta. Can you talk a little bit about how tough that experience or, or that transition has been? Really hard. Um, you know, I, I look at my um, teammates uh, in the truck, in the booth, um, stage managers, partners, yeah. they're not coworkers, they're family. Right. And I worked really hard to help build that kind of relationship with the people I worked with. Uh, I did not take turning my back on 46 years of my family's history in one place lightly. Um, I made it very clear to the Braves, I would love to stay and I'd love to retire here. It just wasn't meant to be. And I made the choice that if that wasn't going to happen, if something else came about, there was only one place that I would ever have considered leaving Atlanta for, and this was it. I'm overjoyed and thrilled with the way um, this opportunity has presented itself for me. I'm also very sad at how this opportunity Mm -hmm. presented itself because, Mm -hmm. look, the elephant in the room is, and no secret, I'm a huge Dan McLaughlin friend. He's like a brother to me, and I feel awful for what he and his family have gone through, but I know he's in a better place. He's going to be in a better place, and our industry, this town, this team, 
uh, needs more people like Dan McLaughlin and mm-hmm. anything I can do to help him do that, I am all in. The new TV voice of the Cardinals is Chip Carey here on 101 ESPN. With uh, So we've got Carey and Carey. This is easy for me. <laughs> Don't get confused. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite players of all time to be around is Brian Jordan, mm-hmm. who you had a chance to work with in Atlanta. And every time, just because we can, every time the Cardinals are playing the Braves, we get BJ on. But that's another guy that you, if you know BJ, you love him, right? Oh, yeah. He's got to be a tough one to leave, too. Awesome. Yeah, great guy. Uh, what I love about working with Brian is what he lacked as a professional broadcaster. He more than made up in experience and honesty. He was not afraid to say what he thought, and that ruffled some feathers from time to time, but you've seen Brian Jordan, who's going to argue with him, right? He'll pinch your head off just by looking at you, but great human being, does so much in the Atlanta area with literacy, uh, with, with kids in school. Um, he's just one of the really, really good people that you have to sort of shake your head and mutter, darn, I'm going to really miss seeing him yeah. 81 times a year, no yeah. doubt. Brian Jordan was one of my favorite players growing up. Obviously, the football background, right. and, and you, as you said, when you come in the room, you know you know who you're talking to. When you're when you're doing your job, do you become a fan of certain players, and, and when they're having their ups and downs, you kind of ride the wave with them just a little bit? Absolutely. I think as a human being, you have to. I, look, we want the team to do well every night. Mm-hmm. It makes our job, as you guys know, a thousand times easier when they win every game, right? right? There's never a problem. It's when you lose seven in a row and you try to figure out what's going on without burying a guy. But if a guy's two for 41, you can't say, right. he's, boy, he's really swinging it well, yeah. right? Fans are too smart and too knowledgeable for that. Uh, I've made a ton of great friendships that way. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, Chipper Jones, mm-hmm. Maddox Smoltz-Glavin, all of them great guys because I think they respect the fact that I know how hard it is for them to do what they do. Why? Because I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And you'll never hear me say, what an easy play. Or that's an easy play. A big leaguer should make that play. And that's just not my stuff because I can't do it. So, And I think mm-hmm. the, the guys like that came to respect that. Boy, Maddox, Moltz, Glavin. When, whenever the that team would come into town, they'd be on the nicest golf courses in town. And right. Hit the, what, a, what a group to have been around for the length of time that you were. And that was all started by Bobby Cox. When I came to Atlanta from Chicago again, um, Two guys greeted me in the locker room at Disney World for spring training. Eddie Perez, welcome back. And then Bobby Cox right behind him said, Chip, welcome back to the Braves. And when you get that kind of endorsement from Mm -hmm. people like Mm -hmm. those two guys, uh, that means the world to you. Uh, When the Braves lost in 05 to the Astros in that 16-inning or 17-inning marathon game, we get on the plane and Bobby Cox, everybody disappointed the season ended in a blink of an eye. Bobby Cox gets up from his first-class seat, walks down the plane, stops at every aisle, and shakes the hand of every single person on that plane. Thank you. You're a big part of what we did this year. Didn't have, didn't end the way we want to, but can't wait to get started next year. First class, he set the tone, and the players followed that lead and trusted us. They welcomed us with open arms. We knew we weren't on their team, but we were a part of their team. Hey, Chip, have you had a chance to start digging into this Cardinals roster and, and started to looking at uh, what you expect for this season or, or, or your thoughts on, on how this season will go? A little bit. It's been kind of a whirlwind. Um, <laughs> I, my studying's going to really pick up next week when I get home after after this weekend. But, yeah, look, it's a good team, mm-hmm. really good team. And for a new broadcaster, there's no better way to come into a new market. When you have a club that's going to be good, people are going to watch, they're going to be excited. That's what happened in 98 with me in, in Chicago with the Cubs when they – 
won the wild card. But look, this is a young team, very similar to the Braves in this regard. They have lots of young players. They teach them how to play. They get into the big leagues, and they trust them with the opportunities they get. They don't hand them the job. They mm-hmm. have to earn it, but they give them a chance to be successful. You've got two future Hall of Famers at the infield corners, new guy behind the plate who's really going to rake, uh, all those terrific young outfielders. And look, everybody's excited to see what Adam Wainwright's got in store in mm-hmm. his final season. So. Looks to be a great year. Can't wait to get started. You know Sports Talk Radio. You've just been roped into a whole season of joining this show. You know that, right? <laughs> if there's coffee, I'm happy to join. No problem. We, we got plenty of that. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So one thing about growing up in St. Louis, and you were a Parkway West Longhorn. I'm a Parkway North Viking. We weren't really rivals. No. We were just kind of, it was like a benign, oh, they're Parkway, we're Parkway, but we're right. buddies, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. But one thing about growing up in St. Louis is you're a fan of your teams. We already talked about the Cardinals. I want you to tell us about the summer that the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. This this is a great one. Um, huge Blues fan. Look, Atlanta's still bitter. They lost the Flames and the Thrashers. There's still a lot of hockey fans mm-hmm. there. They'll never forgive Gary Bettman for that. Uh, most of all, Tom Glavin, who was my broadcast partner. Tom grew up in Billerica, Massachusetts. There is no bigger Boston Bruins fan mm-hmm. than he. So the night of the last game that the Blues and Bruins played to win the Stanley Cup, Tom shows up in his Boston Bruins sweater. I show up in my Blues sweater. And we're getting ready to do the pregame hit, and I had a great idea. Let's start talking about the baseball game with Jeff Francoeur in the middle. Jeff, who should be working at Foot Locker, had his uh, (laughs) black and white referee shirt on. And we were going to talk about the Braves playing the Phillies or whoever it was and start the game. And Tom was going to make some kind of off-color reference to the Blues. And I was going to say, you want to go? And drop the mic. (laughs) And Jeff Francoeur was going to get up and separate us and say, we're going to send these guys off for two minutes and come back with the game. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do it. But I've got a great picture at home with Tom, who's just one of my dearest friends and a really terrific broadcaster, obviously a great player, too. He was drafted by the L.A. Kings in the second round. He was going to play hockey. He chose right. He was going to be a, a, a hockey player with Luke Robitaille, but he mm-hmm. ended up going to the Hall of Fame as a, a Brave. So you remember Ron Caron? Sure. He gets tra- taken by the Kings. Ron Caron calls Dal Maxville. says, ah, oh, you need to take this Glavin from, out of Boston. You need to take him. He's going to be good because Caron wanted him. And so, and, and Maxie didn't wind up taking Tom Glavin, but Karan knew how good he was as a baseball prospect and thought, well, well if, if we can't have him in St. Louis on the hockey team, let's have him in St. Louis on the baseball he's, team. Yeah, and he's just a fabulous, fabulous athlete and a great guy. Wonderful yeah. husband, father. Uh, he, to tell you about Tom Glavin, he lost, his, um, he lost his dad two years ago, and he took a year off from broadcasting because he wanted to be with his mom. His mom is in her late 80s or 90s. And she didn't want to leave Billerica, Mass. She was still in the same house that he grew up in. Mm. He spent the summer with her, spending time with her. She passed away. Mm. And now he's going to come back and work. But that's Tom Glavin. He doesn't need the money. Mm -hmm. He wants to do the right thing by everybody. And uh, uh, I'm really, really lucky to call him. That's great. Chip, you've been... Play, doing play-by-play for baseball for over 30 years, but you started doing basketball with the Orlando Magic. Tell us how you got involved in that and, and how that that went for you. Well, if you've heard the Bob Costa story, it's <laughs> kind of similar. Bob, when he uh, was at Syracuse, uh, contacted Rudy Martsky, who at the time was the PR guy for the Old Spirits of St. Louis, and said, hey, I'd like to do your basketball games. He said, have you done a lot of basketball? Oh, I've done a ton. Sent him some tapes that he made up got the job. Well, kind of the same thing with me. I was doing TV news in Greensboro, North Carolina. Bob Neal, who did basketball games for TNT, ran into Pat Williams, who was the man trying to bring the Orlando Magic to town. Pat had been a GM in many other places in the NBA. And Bob said, 
hey, I hear you're looking for an announcer, and I've got I've got the guy for you. And Pat said, who? He said, Chip Carey. He said, I've already worked with Skip. He's, I, he, said, <laughs> he said, no, it's Chip. And Pat said, oh, God, there's another one. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. So he invited me down for what was then called the Orlando All-Star Classic. It was the pre-draft camp where they bring all the kids from the colleges that were going to be first and second round or third round draft picks, put them on teams, and they play games in front of the scouts. I got to work with Bucky Waters, mm-hmm. who at that mm-hmm. time was the Billy Packer and Dick Vitale of, sure. of uh, College Hoops. Did the eight games. Uh Finished up. It was two days, and I looked at Bucky Waters, and I said, hey, that was fun. Thank you so much. Shook his hand. He said, hey, that was really fantastic. I enjoyed it. How many basketball games have you done? I looked at him with kind of a a sheepish Skip Carey look and said, well, these are the first eight I've really done. (laughs) And he looked to me like I had two heads, which is kind of how my wife looks at me. And I I started laughing, and he started laughing. I said, do you think I passed the audition? He said, I think you'll be okay. And Pat Williams hired me. And thank God there wasn't Twitter or Facebook or Instagram because I didn't know anything about basketball. I faked my way through it for the first week or so until I figured it out. The Magic that year won 15 games. I was worse than the team. But we made it through. My partner was Jack Goose Givens. And uh, we learned a lot, had a lot of laughs, and ultimately got Shaq, Penny, Horace Grant, um, Nick Anderson, who's Mm -hmm. from Illinois. Illinois. Um, And had a a great seven-year run there. That's great. Hey, uh, Chip, because of your recent history with the Braves, I've made a comp between the Cardinals and all of their young players and the Braves who have tied their guys down. And I said, the Cardinals should take a similar approach. I want to get your take on the Braves doing that and whether or not it you think it's a sensible move for a franchise like the Cardinals with people like Walker and Carlson and obviously Tommy Edmond is here and whether it's Gorman or Donovan, so many of the, their young players. What do you think of the approach that Atlanta took? Uh, yeah, I, well, I have a simple rule. I don't tell the GM how to put together his team, and he doesn't tell me how to do the game. Right? I, think that's a great, I think that's a great way to do it, right? But I will say this about what the Braves have done, and I think the Cardinals are the same way in this regard. The Braves know what their players are and, more importantly, what they're not, right? Mm -hmm. And Alex Anthopoulos has been given the green light to provide cost certainty for the franchise because the Braves don't draw 3.5 million people like the Cardinals do. They don't have the TV ratings that the Cardinals do. They have a great, passionate, fantastic fan base, but it's a different market and a different circumstance. They believe that it's important to know where they can spend their dollars, so if they can and need to go out and get Charlie Morton or Justin Verlander, they have the dollars available to do that. I think what is going to prove prescient about that is the explosion in player salaries that we've seen with the new labor deal. I don't think anybody expected Dansby Swanson to get what he got with the Cubs. Terrific player, but that was out of Atlanta's price range, and they are going to stay within what they believe their market value of their players is going to be. The reason they do that, Alex knows his players. Dana Brown, who's now the new GM of the Astros, drafted and developed these guys. And they know the character of those guys and the upside and the talent of those guys. And they're willing to take a shorter-term risk instead of being surprised at the end of a deal and having to overpay for a guy just because they have to mm-hmm. keep him. Hey, Chip, there's a lot of new rules going into to baseball this season. What are your thoughts on the, the pitch timer and the, the, ban, the, the banning of the shift and all of those things? What are your thoughts about that? As you know, in the broadcasting business, there's no clock in baseball. <laughs> but four-hour games really wear on you when you do 160 of them. Uh, I'm excited to see how that is going to go. It's going to radically change the way the games are broadcast because mm-hmm. the story time telling, mm-hmm. the promos, and all yeah. the things that are so much a part of how we broadcast broadcast the sport. That's going to change because it's going to be a rapid fire pace. My kids at Double A said the pitch clock is awesome. You'll love it. Not because it's um, stupid fast, but there's a real good 
clip to the game. Right. Nobody cares about the time. It's the dead action. It's a rhythm, right? Right, where there's yeah. no rhythm. You're just standing there. Let's go. Let's get on with it. So they love that. Uh, I grew up watching Vince Coleman and Willie McGee and Ozzie mm-hmm. Smith. I love yep. base stealing. I love yes. the, the cat and mouse game between the pitcher, catcher, and base runner and how the hitter adjusts. I love hit and run plays. I love little baseball, mm-hmm. not just the home runs. Uh, I'm excited to see that with the with smaller bases, more base stealing opportunities. I think that's going to be great. Um, the shift... Um, I have mixed emotions about that because I think what we're doing is we're dumbing down the game. Why can't a hitter hit the ball the other way? I have said that many times. Yes, it's extremely hard, but it's the major leagues. It's supposed to be, right? Yeah. So we're taking away that from the game. You know, guys are still going to hit home runs, but um, you know, I, I think put your defense how you want to put your defense, and it's up to the hitter at the plate to make the decision and the adjustment, and all too often it doesn't happen. So, look, baseball's trying to adjust to the times, mm-hmm. trying to adjust to a new uh, audience, and the great thing is, if the rules don't work, they can always change them back. Uh, Chip, as you leave the parking lot here at City Place, if you turn to the right uh, a mile down the road, there's an Emos. If you turn to the left a half mile down the road, there's an Emos. You got a pasta house right across the street. I mean, you, you are home, baby. Welcome home, Randy. <laughs> you, you, you saw me when I walked in. I'm pyramid shaped. I got to get away from the carbs, man. But yeah, it's, it's great to be home. Yeah, it's great to have you with Thanks us. So Thanks so much. And uh, I'm sure as the season unfolds, we'll, we'll talk. But we're we're thrilled that you're going to be part of the. Not, you're not just the voice of the Cardinals. You, you are part of the St. Louis community now well, again. It. And it's, it's great to have you here. It's a civic trust, and I get that. And uh, I promise I'll join you anytime you want, as long as you don't duel me in trivia, because I stink. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I do too, Chip. No, come on. I've never, never started. No, I've never heard you lose. We, it's we unbelievable. Got, oh, he lost the day, and it was oh, bad. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one time. One time. <laughs> Pleasure, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much for the welcome. Time. Appreciate it. That's the new TV voice of the Cardinals on Bally Sports, Chip Carey, joining us. And uh, it's great to have him back in St. Louis.